Welcome to Family Law Talk, presented by Kirk Stange of Stange Law Firm, PC. Stange Law Firm is a family law firm in the St. Louis metro area with offices in Missouri and Illinois. Now, here's your host, Kirk Stange. Welcome to Family Law Talk. My name is Kirk Stange, and I am one of the managing partners of Stange Law Firm, which is a family law firm with multiple offices in the St. Louis metro area in Missouri and in Illinois. Well, welcome to Family Law Talk with Stenge Law Firm today. Today's topic is one that clients are asking about all the time, and the topic is when is my family law case over? It's a very interesting topic, and again, I think one that a lot of clients have questions about. So we'll get to that topic here in a minute, but before we do, I should state, as I always do, that the choice of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements and that the information you obtain today in this episode is general in nature and it may not apply to specific factual or legal circumstance. Therefore, if you need legal advice, you should definitely consult and hire an attorney who is licensed and competent to practice law in your specific jurisdiction. All right, again, today's topic is when is my family law case over? This is based on an article uh, that we actually have on uh, our webpage called stengelawfirm.com. And uh, if you go to the Articles tab and you click on the article titled, When is my family law case over? Uh, you can follow up to, the, to uh, the episode today and get more information about this topic. But here's the deal. Uh, you know, a lot of folks, you know, they're going through a family law case. It might be a nasty case. Uh, could be contentious. Certainly not an experience that any individual out there really enjoys. And so what they're looking for is to get the thing done and get it over with, uh, move on uh, with their life. Uh, quit the uh, emotional trauma that goes with the family law case, and certainly spend money on legal fees and court costs isn't a whole lot of fun as well. And so they just want the case over with, and they want it done. And I think that uh, really makes a whole lot of sense um, for anybody going through a case. Why would you want to prolong this deal? Uh, the, the, the issue is this. It's a lot more complicated than that, a lot more complicated than people think. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about that here here today. And then, again, as a follow-up to the episode, you can read the article on stengelawfirm.com. But the truth of the matter is, you know, family law cases comprise a lot of different things. Obviously, divorce cases are the cases most people are thinking about when they're thinking about family law. But, uh, you know, other big cases out there, paternity cases, which is really the 21st century divorce, which is a custody case between a mom and a dad uh, that aren't married. Um, those are big cases. It could be... Uh, some kind of child custody modification or a child support matter could be adoption or guardianship or I mean you name the case lots of family law cases but the reality is is once these cases are filed they can really only end one of four ways and uh, let's go through those four ways way one is the parties enter into some sort of settlement that they sign off on and the judge approves by signing off on it or two the parties actually do a trial uh, where they put evidence on, they call witnesses, kind of the good old-fashioned way to end a case, and the judge at the end of it issues a, a judgment that indicates, you know, the outcome of the case and how the case is going to work. And so that's way two, um, you know, is actually a trial. Uh, way three uh, is the parties uh, ultimately reconcile or dismiss a case. And this doesn't happen a ton, but from time to time, 
you know, parties will file divorce uh, proceedings, and then ultimately they reconcile the midst of the case. Uh, it happens, uh, certainly happens a fair amount of time, and so that's the third way. And then the fourth way is default, which is, to use a sports analogy, forfeit, which means one party doesn't obtain an attorney and they don't file the right type of pleadings in response uh, to the to the original action filed in court by the, the party that uh, initiated the case. Or maybe they miss a court date, they have their pleading struck or whatnot, and in essence, they go into default. And so these are really the four ways a family law case ends once it begins. And I think for most folks out there, once one of those four things happen, they think it's done. So in other words, if the parties settle and the judge signs the paperwork, they think, you know what, that's the end of the case. Or if the parties try it, the date the judge actually signs a judgment, uh, the, the parties think that's the end of the case, and for most folks out there, it's disappointing. They think when they try their case, it's going to be like the people's court or something on TV where the judge uh, renders their judgment on the spot, bangs a gavel, and that's it. Of course, <clears throat> in Missouri and Illinois, that's not true at all. Most judges take these cases under advisement. You might wait you know, weeks uh, to get a ruling from the judge on the outcome of the case because they have to do a pretty lengthy judgment in a family law case. But for the folks out there, most assume that once that judgment comes out, that's the end of the case and it's over. Or, you know, for the folks that filed for divorce and then reconciled, they want that case done immediately. After all, they're getting back together and they're trying to reconcile and they think that's the end of the case. And then four, for the folks out there who filed maybe a divorce or paternity case, if the other party doesn't show up to court, doesn't file the right pleadings, they think on the date that default judgment is entered, that's the end of the deal. And the case is over with. And again, this whole concept makes sense for folks going through family law cases. I mean, they want it done. Uh, they want it over with. They don't want to have to continue spending money on attorneys. Uh, they don't want to have to deal with the emotional trauma of the case. And they think it's over with. And, you know, for folks going through cases, I think this makes perfect sense. Um, it's not an enjoyable process. Nobody would want this to continue. Uh, obviously, I completely understand the sentiments and uh and the wish and the desire that the case be over with immediately once that judgment's entered. However, like most things in life, it just isn't the way it works. It's a lot more complicated than that out there. And I'll give you a couple analogies, and then we'll we'll get specifics into rules. But, you know, folks out there see these death penalty cases all the time, and I'm not a criminal attorney. I don't do criminal law, never have. But I think to a lot of folks out there, they can't understand that, you know, when in some of these cases where death penalty uh, is ordered uh, in the case, they can't understand why it takes so long. You know, these cases can take years and years through appellate procedures and appellate processes, and it takes forever, it seems like, um, uh, for for that, you know, for the death penalty to actually happen. And in a lot of cases, folks see, you know, when the death penalty is ordered, it gets tossed at some point, it goes up on appeal, the, uh, the appellate court throws it out, and it never happens. And so, you know, to use the analogy for the folks out there, the reality is once that judgment is entered by the family law court, uh, there's an appeals process that can come into play as well, just like in a criminal proceeding. So while the clients think the case is done and over with and, you know, take that file and pack it up and stick it in storage, it just isn't so. You know, there's an appeals process that has to play itself out in a lot of these cases. And so let's talk about that specifically. You know, in Missouri, we have a Rule 75 .01, which states that the trial court retains control over judgments during the 30-day period after the judgment is entered. And during that time period, 
the court can vacate the judgment. They can reopen it, correct it, amend it, or modify it within that time frame, and they can do it based on a motion filed by one of the parties, or they can do it on their own motion. So that's the Missouri rule. And then in, in Illinois, uh, there's a similar rule, 735 ILCS 5-2-1203. And again, that, that deals with the same issue, which is for 30 days, this is not a final judgment in a family law case. And one party could file a motion seeking to, to amend the judgment somehow or for a new trial uh, or for the judge to reconsider it, or the court on its own motion could decide to do the same thing. And then the dilemma is this. So a lot of people hear 30 days, they think, oh, okay, so we just need to wait until like day 31, and then this deal is completely over with, right? Well, <clears throat> not not so true, because if a party files a motion for a new trial, then in Missouri, for example, the court doesn't have to rule on it for 90 days. So you got to file the motion within 30 and then uh, it has to be ruled on within 90. And so now you're talking about theoretically prolonging proceedings for uh, for 120 days. And so a party who thinks, oh, my goodness, I just got divorced, the judge signed a judgment, this case is over with, wrong, because if somebody files a post-trial motion, now theoretically it could be 120 days for that case to be done. And then, past that, a party could seek to appeal it. Uh, to a higher court in Missouri, you can appeal it to the Court of Appeals. Same same thing in Illinois. So if a party doesn't like the result, they can appeal the case. And if that happens, goodness gracious, family law case can take months, perhaps uh, perhaps years more. And and, uh, and that, like I said, is just the complete opposite of what most parties think. You know, most parties think, you know, once that judgment is entered, it's over, it's done. And there you go. And I know this is not what a lot of folks want to hear, but it's just the truth out there. And, and that's kind of the point of the, the episode today is just to educate the folks that, you know, while they're in a hurry and a rush to get the case done, lots of different things can happen. Now, in the article, we give four examples, and these are just, you know, four. There are a lot more out there as well. But to give you four examples, you know, one party after a trial might not be happy with the trial result. And they may seek to amend the judgment or they might ask for a new trial. And then if they're denied that, they might seek to appeal the judgment. And we see stuff like that all the time. You know, people try a case, one part or the other doesn't like the result. And so ultimately they appeal it. And that can prolong a case for a very long time. Uh, the default cases where one party doesn't show up to court, doesn't file the appropriate pleadings in response, you know, once that default judgment is entered, miraculously, a lot of people come come out of hiding or wherever they were at, and they seek to set aside the default judgment, citing some kind of cause for their non-action. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. In custody cases, it tends to work more because courts tend to dis- disfavor default judgments in custody cases. But again, parties can come out of the woodworks after a default judgment. Or sometimes we see a party who settles a case, and they later change their mind and decide that they didn't like the settlement. Uh, they file some kind of motion uh, citing what they believe to be good cause to try to set aside that settlement agreement. It could be that maybe they thought some asset was omitted, uh, you name it. Uh, but but this happens quite regularly. Or four, you know, every now and again, you know, a party who dismisses their divorce because they're trying to reconcile might come back shortly thereafter and decide that that reconciliation really didn't work out so well and they might want to continue to proceed with the, the divorce proceedings, and so they might try to set aside 
uh, that judgment dismissing their case. So, again, <clears throat> while parties are often in a rush to have their case over, and this makes perfect sense, who wouldn't want their case done and over with right away? The truth of the matter is the day the judge signs a judgment, that is not that is not the end of the case. And, and uh, for the folks out there, if you think that's the end of the case, it's kind of like quitting, quitting a football game with time left on the clock. Uh, the case is not over the date the judge signs that judgment. You've got this 30-day period Again, for a party to file post-trial motion or for the judge uh, to amend that judgment somehow, there's then theoretically a whole appellate process that could come into play. And so, you know, that, that's just dealing with that component. Of course, there's other issues out there in divorce cases, for example, like the transfers of assets through a qualified domestic relations order, uh, changing title on real or personal property like a house or car. You know, all of that has to be done as well for a case to be over with. All right, so that is the topic here today. Hopefully you all found the topic interesting. And, again, as a follow-up to uh, today, you can go to stegulawfirm.com, click the Articles tab, and then read the article titled, When is my family law case done? Thank you very much, and stay tuned for our next exciting episode on Family Law Talk with Stegy Law Firm. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Family Law Talk with Kirk Stenge. Visit stengylawfirm.com for more about today's topic or to put Stangy Law Firm to work for your family today. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.